He's already been dead and it's messed with his head. It's John's Post-Life Crisis. Welcome to John's Post-Life Crisis. I am your host, John Johnston, founder and manager of CornNation.com, your Nebraska's Cornhuskers site of massive amounts of fun, even though this year has sucked a lot. This episode, we're talking with Levi Stevenson, managing editor of SB Nation's Iowa State site, Wide Right and Natty Light. And we're going to talk about what's going on at Iowa State University uh, with regards to Big 12 football season, what's going on at campus, and get an outsider's perspective on Nebraska. That sounds like a lot of stuff, doesn't it? Yeah, whatever. I'm, I'm ready for it. Got science. Trusty Bush Light, ready to go. <laughs> I thought it was Natty Light. What the heck? Well, well, I can explain the I can explain the name if you want. So, please, please do. Yeah, it's a it, it, the the Bush Light Natty Light thing is a point of confusion for a lot of people. So, Wide Right Natty Light is two parts, obviously. So, Wide Right is a bunch of is a couple different times. Um, Iowa State lost a chance to win the Big Twelve North and go to the Big Twelve title game. Um, in the mid 2000s, because the kicker missed a missed uh, missed field goals wide right against Missouri, um, and it was very unfortunate actually. Well, and the kick to beat Alabama in the Independence Bowl that was missed wide right. There's a bunch of other ones, um, but then there uh, the Natty Light part comes from uh, early in the 2000s when Larry Eustachy was a basketball coach. He uh, got in trouble for. Uh, he got he ended up getting fired for it eventually. Um, uh, he was partying with some fraternity and sorority peoples down in Columbia, Missouri, after a game at Mizzou, and it got caught. And there's kind of this infamous picture where he's got his, he's got his arms around two uh, two sorority girls, and in his hand, in plain view, is a natty light. <laughs> I remember that photo. But uh, but the bush light isn't is kind of a I mean, it's a Midwest thing, but it's definitely a kind of a it's an Iowa thing, especially, and it's definitely an Iowa State thing. Just if you, like, go down any of the tailgates and stuff like that, lots of people are just drinking lots and lots of bush light. So. You, you, you haven't graduated to craft beer? I mean, I like craft beer, but, I'd be, I mean, you know, if I just at the end of a long day and I'm just looking for something to, to, to wet my gullet, I mean, it's, it's – man, I, I mean, there's – just for a good refreshing beer. I mean, it's just I don't need anything besides Bush Light. I mean, I'm like I like craft beer, but I'm not gonna like go out of my way to get to it. <laughs> Feels like okay, I so, so what I is can, going I can, on? I can get thirty of these at my gas station on the way home. <laughs> I can't just go pick up craft beer. Okay, so what is going on Iowa at Iowa State's campus with regards to school first? I mean, school has started, right? August yeah. 17th yeah. or something? And all the students are on campus. They're doing um, – they are doing in-class, in, in-person classes. Uh, now, a lot of professors have already kind of voluntarily taken their classes online to do it. Some haven't. There's some labs and stuff like that. I know uh, one of the policies for, lab, uh, for labs is that you – um, it's every 15 minutes you have to take a three minute break out of the room or something like that. Um, and they're, they're socially distanced in the classroom and stuff like that. There's kind of some different stuff there, but, um, but they are doing in classes. You know, one of my, one of my writers has in-person class, almost all in-person classes and labs and stuff like that. And I have another one that's all online. So it's, it's, it's just kind of a mix and depending on what major you're in, what your professors are doing and all that stuff. 
Okay, one of the things we were going to discuss, or I was going to ask you about, was that Iowa State was going to allow 25,000 fans on September 12th against Louisiana. This afternoon, that was rescinded, and they backtracked on that and now have stated there there will be no fans. Mm -hmm. But there will be football. There will be football. You bastard. Normally, I I try not to swear on my interview podcast, but that felt very good and appropriate. I mean, I was, I was being, I mean, I'm, I was trying to, I was trying to watch my mouth. Usually, if I, you can ask uh, Philip Slave, and he runs the Ten Twelve podcast for, I, uh, I, I usually make a point to swear in his podcast because he hates it. So, (laughs) but uh, yeah, given given that, I mean, uh, why do you guys get football and we don't? I mean, what do you think is the biggest difference between what's going on with the Big Ten and what's going on with the Big 12, the ACC, and the SEC? That's an interesting question. Uh, um, I'll, tell you, I'll tell you my theory. So the Big Ten especially is a very prideful conference. Uh, there's a, there's a, they're an old conference with lots of longtime members of Ohio State, Michigan, and all this. It's a, it's a, there's a lot of tr- history and tradition there, and it's in, in general, it's a, pretty, it's a prideful conference. They take – Pride in being from the Big Ten. Not that any, not that any conference doesn't have you know interconference pride that they're from that. But Big Ten, like yeah, yeah, like SEC is here, and then Big Ten's like here as far as kind of like conference pride goes. And uh, I think they saw the situation, and, and from everything I understand, which I, the details got super wishy-washy there for a couple of weeks on was there votes, was there no votes, all this, and you know it sounded like all of the Power Five conferences were generally kind of on the same page, sort of. And then all of a sudden, out of nowhere, the Big Ten just flipped a switch and just decided to go conference only, and it caught everybody off guard. And I think they were, and I think they they did the same thing. I guess within the, I think they did the same thing when they count when they canceled outright. Is that they wanted to be the first conference to say we canceled the season, we saved the world by canceling football. <laughs> and I think I think that's I think there's I think that I think that's part of it because I think the Big Ten was expecting. I think I think the Big Ten was expecting different conferences to go in with them because I mean they were they, I think they were expecting the SEC to go in with them and and the ACC and you know that way the Big Ten would go in and then everybody else would follow in and the Big Ten would be able to say they led the charge and all this and because uh, because the confusing part is that they have the same data as the SEC does the ACC the Big Twelve they all have, they're all working on the same numbers they all talk to the same people so why did the Big Ten come to this conclusion that they needed to go to conference only a week before everybody else and then cancel their season a week before or, you know, or before anybody did, you know, and before anybody was even really ready to, why did they do that? And it, it, it so it didn't really make any sense. So the big 12 is playing football because, you know, the SEC and the AC said, hold up, you know, the numbers look like we can do football. So I'm not sure what, why, why the big 10 jumped the gun. So then it was this weird little, like, it was like a 24 hour span where for for amazingly the college football universe like hinged around the big 12 because if they went with the ACC and the SEC then we were having football then those three conferences were having football if they went with the Pac-12 and the big 10 then they were you'd have three conferences not playing football and at the end the ACC and the SEC might have both also canceled football so it's it's kind of weird then the whole thing backfired because Big 12 went to play football obviously because the numbers are pointing in that direction that they can make it work and they followed the SEC and the ACC. And so now you have this thing. And then the Big Ten turned around and kind of had a little bit of an egg on their face. Like, wow, what the hell? Nobody else went with us. And now we're kind of in this. And now they're, now they're kind of like, now we're hearing that they might, they might backtrack. I mean, 
And there was that whole saga there for like, a, it was like three or four days where we didn't know, like, did they take a vote? Did they not take a vote? What was the votes like? Did Iowa and Nebraska try to defect? You know, all this, there was, this was, a, there was this whole deal. It was a, it was, it was the most bizarre, like new sports news cycle I think I've ever seen. However, because it was just going back and forth and back and forth where nobody knew what was going on. Everyone's like, well, the president's voted, the coaches voted or whatever. And coaches are like, we didn't vote. Nobody voted. And then it was, I, it was, it's the weirdest thing, but I think, Honestly, it comes down to the Big 12 is playing football because they they took a risk, I think, and they wanted to have the option to play football because if you cancel the football season right away, it's hard to justify being like, well, you know what, actually we can play football. It's, it's hard to come back from that. Whereas if you say we're going to play football, you always still have the option to cancel it later. Both, both I, I, earlier I actually did an uh, interview with, a guy named Adam Riley, who is the activities director at the Cora Iowa High School. Yeah. And Iowa and Nebraska are two states that did not move their high school football seasons. And right. Their high school football occurring in the state of Iowa and Nebraska. Do you, have you heard much about that? Have you, you know, what's your feedback from anybody going to Iowa high school games? I From everything I've heard is that the, there's, there's just as many people, if not even a few more, at high school football games than there have been previously. And, uh, you know, I, Iowa as a state has spiked in COVID cases, but it's mostly in Iowa City and Ames. It's the college kids. It's not, it's not the people going to high school football games in Leon, Iowa or something. I mean, it's not, it's, that's not the problem. That's not the reason that Iowa is spiking. It's because of the college kids because they decided they needed to party and stuff like that, which are college kids, but they're college kids. So it's, you know, that's, that's a, you can, there's a probably a thousand reasons why and you can talk for hours and hours and hours of why everything's spiking, why things are the way they are. But, you know, it's from everything I've heard as far as high school football that so far it's actually gone pretty well. I haven't heard of any where there's been a big breakout or like a breakout, a break, or a break, big outbreak on any team or anything like that, right? Or a big outbreak among fans of a certain school or something like that. Like I haven't, I haven't heard about any of that, so it sounds like it's actually going fairly well. Now, they've only played, like, one or two games, but, you know, we're, we're still early. But from what everything that I have heard, it sounds like it's going fairly well. So, okay, Iowa State season starts September 12th against Louisiana in Ames. Yep. Do you think that the Big 12, and I'm just for you, Iowa State, do you think that they'll be able to carry out a successful football season? Um, I, I mean, mean if, I said, if I said put 50 bucks on it, I don't know, something that would be painful, a <laughs> hundred bucks. Sure. Yeah. Something meaningful. Um, and I think I would be, I think I would be tempted to put money on there being a full season, being a full season, you know, being, if, if, if you're taking fans out of the equation, I feel more comfortable about it. I mean, we already don't have football. We already don't have fans for the first game. Um, and I bring, bringing fans like eventually working fans in. I don't know. That's a dicey venture because maybe maybe mathematics, maybe math wise, or from the health ex- experts. Excuse me. Uh, the health experts say um, that it's okay that it's going to work. But what do the optics look like? Because if you just say if you haven't had fans for the first two or three home games, and all of a sudden one you're like, you know what? Let's have fans. And you're now a whole bunch of people on social media going like, oh, is the pandemic over now? Like, who, who made you God? Like, it's like, 
So, I mean, how do you, how do you, how do you make the public perception work there? Even if you like, even if all the numbers, even if Iowa is no longer spiking and we've, and we're plummeting in cases and everything's looking good, how do you, how do you make that work? How do you decide like, well, you know what, we can have fans now. Cause then you, then you have to be the guy that decided the pandemic wasn't an issue anymore. So I, you know, I don't know. Do you want to take that? I, I don't think Jamie Pollard is necessarily afraid of making that decision, but I think it's going to affect the decision. Okay, as an Iowa State guy, you got these, these you know, that other school in your same state, the black and cold gold school, yeah. uh, you know, the stinky people that everybody hates. Yeah, the team out east. I mean, do you, like, gloat? Do you walk around six inches off the ground kind yeah. of with, with a halo? I mean, is there any – come we've been, on. We've been – I've been tweeting some pretty snarky stuff at Iowa fans or we're just making fun of them for not having football this fall. I think I was, I was talking to our, one of our podcast sponsors is a Stas bar and grill and Ames. And we were talking to them about maybe, you know, getting some, um, getting some prizes together for our esports league and stuff like that, just to see if there's something we can do with them or whatever. Cause we like, we work with them all the time on all sorts of different things. And I was, I was, I was just DMing Twitter DMing with them back and forth. And, um, they said, I, I have to pull it up exactly, but they said something is like something to the effect of he's like, yeah, we could throw in gift cards, stuff like that. Good to see that wide rights playing more games this fall than, than Iowa or the big 10 or whatever it was. <laughs> so we're, we're enjoying kind of dunking on Iowa a little bit because they don't have to, because they don't get to play football. And all, all the Iowa fans are just sitting there in their misery. Like none of, nobody's getting defensive. They're like, oh man, like they want to be playing football and they're absolutely envious of the fact that Iowa state has a football season. Have you have any of them stated that they'll be Iowa State fans for? Yes, yeah, I've seen. I've seen. Really? Well, I've seen multiple say, "You know what? I'm hitching my wagon to Iowa State." And I was like, "Really? I mean, I wouldn't do the same if Iowa State didn't have a football season. I'd be like, nope. I'm whoever. Whoever's. I mean, just like normal. I'd be like, whoever's playing Iowa. I don't even care. I want them to win. Like, <laughs> I don't even care. I would not return the favor. I. Nope. I'm not doing it. Can't do it. Never will. See, it's, and it's interesting because. Um, I, so I grew up in Eastern Iowa and I still live in Eastern Iowa, which is, you know, generally speaking, it's more, uh, more hot country or whatever. But then I have a lot of, like a lot of people on my staff that are from Western Iowa. So my, the relationship that I have with Iowa where it's just, I can't stand them. Won't, I won't associate with anything related to Iowa, nothing will not do it. They like, I don't have that same relationship to Nebraska, but the people, but my people from Western Iowa have that relationship with Nebraska, but not not quite to the same extent with Iowa. It's it's, it's kind of interesting because there's there, there's the Iowa State Nebraska thing in Western Iowa, and then there's Iowa and Iowa State in Central and Eastern Iowa, and it's, it's kind of an interesting dynamic. So like, I don't have the same necessarily the same animosity towards Nebraska as Iowa State fans from Western Iowa, but you know we're still old Big Twelve rivals. So I like to dish it around when I can. <laughs> Speculation. It's what we do a lot. We, yeah. you know, we predict the seasons. We think about who the best players are going to be before they're actually the best players. Recruiting yeah. is constantly ranking recruits before they've ever stop, stepped foot on a college football field. If the Big 12 can have a successful football season, successful meaning they actually have a football season, and the yeah. Big 10 and Pac-12 don't, do you see any long-term effects on the Big 10 Oh, 100%. I think, I think we're already seeing some things that will carry over long term. I think, 
Because, because like I kind of said before, like sort of alluded to before, the Big Ten prior to all of this was was this ironclad conference, couldn't touch it, making money hand over fist. Everybody wants to be there. Nobody wants to leave, all of this. And then all of a sudden over the course of the last month with the indecision and and uh, making decisions without approval of all the schools and, you know, maybe some perceived like backstabbing almost forever, all of a sudden there's some rivets popping on the battleship. And there's – there's so I'm inter- – I. I think the Big Ten is is going to see some serious long term side effects from this. Like, I, from everything I read from Iowa and Nebraska fans, is that there's some legitimate, uh, what's a, I'm not sure what the best word for it is, but some le- legitimate uh, distaste, I guess, for the Big Ten at this point in time, or ever you know, feeling kind of betrayed, feeling uh, the fact that they were kind of, you know, the conference turned their back on them, saying, "Hey, we want to play football," and the conference said, "Nope," and if you even try, you're gone. Like, you know, I mean, I, I've seen, maybe, maybe that's only just a Twitter perspective and maybe it's only who I saw, but I've, that was the feeling that I got from Nebraska fans and from Iowa fans and even from like Wisconsin and Minnesota fans and stuff like that too, is that they're in, and Ohio state made a whole big deal out of there. Ryan day, you know, Ohio state coach Ryan day has been making a big deal. I would say, what the hell we want to play. And James Franklin said the same thing. Um, there's a lot of coaches saying like, what? No, we want to play. Like every big 10 school wants to like all, but like three big 10 schools want to play. And one of them is probably Northwestern. Cause they don't want to play sports ever, but like, you know, they like a bunch of them want to play and the big 10's like, Nope, we're not doing it. And if you try, you're gone. And which is funny because I'd like to see how well that holds up when Ohio state tries to play a schedule. Like you're really just going to kick out Ohio state. Like let's, let's be real here. They're, they're the re- they're half of the reason you make so much money. Let's, let's be real here. Um, so I, you know, that, 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 that thread has not really been put under, put to the test. Um, but you know, it's, and it's funny because the big 12 would get, gets a lot of, gets a lot of guff because it was, you know, this is kind of unstable there for a while, but all of a sudden now big 12 members are all in, we're ready to do this. Like we're like when the next round of realignment comes in, you know, West Virginia is kind of an odd, cause they're kind of an odd duck in the conference or whatever. So I could see them maybe trying to kind of realign more geographically, maybe try to get into the ACC or something like that. Um, so I could see that, but generally speaking, aside from West Virginia, I don't see any team that even considers leaving because I mean, Oklahoma and Texas, you know, they're the big money makers, but they get kind of rule the roost. They make the money. Everyone in Oklahoma basically gets kind of a free path to the championship game every year, as long as they continue to be Oklahoma whatever. So there's really no reason for either of them to leave. And now other schools are seeing, well, you know, the big, what the big 12 is doing with the leadership that's within the conference, seeing all the, all the young talent that's in the conference and it's kind of, the football is getting better and better and better. It's an, it's an attractive conference right now. And, the, and I think the big 12 is as solid as it's ever been. Um, and I would maybe call me biased, but I, right now, I would call the Big 12 a more a more solid and more unified conference than the Big 10. I'm being being totally honest here. I think there I think there's some legitimate like animosity from the schools to the conference in the Big 10. But may, maybe I'm just reading stuff on Twitter, but I that's the impression that I get genuinely. The Pac-12 I don't think anybody gives a shit about, so it's whatever. Like they could they could disappear tomorrow and nobody would care. But I mean, I don't, even, know. I don't even think they would care. Yeah, I don't think they would either. I mean, everyone would be like, oh, where'd Oregon go? Like, they had some cool uniforms, but, like, like other than that, like, that's the only one. Or maybe maybe USC. Like, if like you can just take Oregon, USC, slap them in the Big 12, and get rid of the rest of the conference, and nobody would even notice. Okay, be honest. Are you enjoying this angst? Uh, I mean, I'm not not enjoying it. Being able <laughs> – it's 
Uh, being able to rub it in the fans or being able to rub it in the faces of Iowa fans is, you know, any time I get ammo to run it to rub something in an Iowa fan's face, I'm not going to turn it down. <laughs> so when, when go back to, you know, all of this changed in the span of like eight days. Yeah. It literally went from the Big Ten being, like you said, a, a long-term, stable, very prideful conference to a bucket of poop uh, <laughs> with a from a PR. Are you okay? <laughs> Yeah. You, got me, you got me with the bucket of poop line. Well, you know, I, like I said, I try not to swear on the interview. Maybe that's, what's it, maybe that's what they stick in that old oaken bucket that they play for. <laughs> it's the old oaken bucket full of poop. Okay, when you heard, you know, Scott Frost caught a lot of crap and Nebraska caught a lot of crap from Desmond Howard, Pat yep. Forty, whatever these – again, yeah. I'm trying not to swear – yeah, And, you know, there was this thing where Nebraska was going to come back to the Big 12. What were your thoughts on that happening? Honestly, Did you welcome I'm, Nebraska back with open arms? Honestly, I'm a, personally, like I said, don't have the animosity towards Nebraska fans. A lot of Western Iowa Cyclone fans do. I'd be all about it. Nebraska, in my mind, I think Nebraska leaving for the Big Ten was a mistake to begin with. I thought it was just a money grab. I think, I think they are – a hands down better fit for the big 12. I think they are that from a culture perspective, from a geographic perspective, I think Nebraska and the big 12 makes a ton more sense than Nebraska and the big 10. I've always thought that. And I always will. And there's like, there's some really great old rivalries there that we're missing out on like Nebraska and Oklahoma, Nebraska and Iowa state, Nebraska and Kansas and all this. Where like, there's lots of really good old rivalries there that should be happening. Like, like I'm sorry, you can it can be people can try to force it all they want, but Iowa and Nebraska is just not it's just not there, man. Like I I I like I I get it, like it's see, but it feels forced. It doesn't it doesn't feel like a natural rivalry. And it, it not not the same way that Iowa State and Nebraska or that I that Nebraska and Oklahoma or anything like that. Like those are those are natural rivals. Those are rivals they I, you know, I don't know how many times Iowa State and Nebraska have played football, but it's a shitload. Like 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 Iowa and Nebraska have played football like what 20 times maybe or something like that like it's it's not a it's not a historical rivalry it's not a rivalry that anybody really cares about I did see that someone tried some try hard on the internet tried to tried to coin Farmageddon as the Iowa Nebraska rivalry and I was like let's no that's that's very clearly Iowa State Kansas State like that's that's ours no can't next year next year West Virginia joins the Big Ten and Nebraska goes back to the Big 12 I take that trade. I like West Virginia. West Virginia culturally is very, very similar to Iowa State. We we relate to them very, very well. Um, but I mean, West Virginia is kind of an odd duck or whatever. And you know, they're 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 fun. I've really enjoyed them being in the conference. I'd be I'd be like, oh, that's kind of a bummer. I liked West Virginia or whatever. But if I I would I would trade West Virginia for Nebraska. I would. I wouldn't really even think about it. Do you, okay. One of the reasons why Nebraska. You mentioned money grab. Yep. One of yep. the reasons why Nebraska left for the Big Ten was Texas's refusal right. to yep. sign their rights over to the conference. They went off and created the Longhorn Network, yeah. got all the money for themselves, and left everybody sure. left everybody else high and dry. That doesn't bother you that much, or no? Because it hasn't really it hasn't really hurt Iowa State very much because we created Cyclones TV. Oklahoma's got their own thing. Like you know, they, the the Longhorn Network has largely not not really impacted the whole conference. Not, not much. Um, I mean, maybe they get, 
a half a million less on their check at the end of the year, maybe, I guess, but it's not like a, it's not been a big revenue, a big, a big revenue, um, you know, drainer or anything like that. And every, in the way, and every, the way everything is now too. I mean, TV rights are important, but TV rights are changing. Every, every game is on TV, every single one, because you know what happened is, you know, when the big 10, the big 10 made their network and the SEC's got their own thing, the ACC's got their thing or whatever. The big 12 doesn't have a big 12 network. So you know what they did? They turned ESPNU into the big 12 network. And now every single person on in the America that has an extended basic cable package can watch every single big 12 game, all of them. You don't have to get a weird network. You don't have to get a, you don't have to pay for a premium conference channel that nobody wants 95% of the year. You just get it. ESPN, like most people have ESPNU now. It used to be more of a premium channel, but now most people have it or have, or have quick access to it. You can watch every single Big 12 game now. And that's, and that's the important part is that's, that's what it's there for is exposure. So going forward, the Big 12 is in a good position as far as when you're renegotiating media deals and things like that. Because it's already got, it's already got its infrastructure settled in on ESPN and not just a standalone network that the Big Ten network has done fairly well for itself, but the Pac-12 network has flopped epically. The SEC network it handles itself because the SEC is the SEC. The ACC network nobody pays for. Like that's a that's a that's a failure. So I mean, you're batting 500 on on on. Uh, standalone networks and one of them is the sec which can kind of keep itself afloat the sec could probably operate as its, its own conference totally independent of everybody else and they'd be fine but you know i so i mean it honestly didn't really bother me that much back then it, it would it would the, the main reason it would have bothered me is if the big 12 did totally collapse and i was staying up in the mac or something like that or whatever um that that, that, was, that was predicted. That was kind of what was that was expected? that was a possibility. But it, you know, hindsight being twenty twenty, it didn't really. I mean, the, the conference didn't break up, and nobody's worse off because the Longhorn Network exists. So let's let's speculate again. Let's say Iowa State gets two games in, and then they the Big Twelve and the other conferences have to fold the rest of the season. Yep. What do you see? Next year, I mean, it doesn't hurt the Big Ten long term. They look like they're right, or do yeah. they look like they're right? Sort of, I mean, sort of. I mean, but they, but there's still something to be said for trying and trying to make it work. Um, I don't think anybody would hold it against the Big Twelve or the SEC or the ACC for trying. If it doesn't, if it doesn't work, it doesn't work, and everybody acknowledges that going in. Even everybody that was for a football season pretty much fully acknowledged that things can change and stuff. You know, and you know, maybe you can't finish out the season and that's what is what it is, but you still tried. And because, I mean, college football is so ingrained into the fabric of our society that it's worth trying because it's a, it's at least a somewhat of a return to normalcy. It's a, it's a found, it's a stable foundation you can ground yourself on. And if you have, you know, even just three out of five, you know, three out of five power five conferences uh, playing on Saturdays, even without fans, that's still better than nothing. And a just total, a complete and total cancellation of the entire season from the very beginning, I think would have been a pretty huge red flag saying that this is not something like it uh, to many people. I think it would have made this feel far less overcomable. Like I, I think people if would have felt more insurmountable. Um, and I think, so I think, 
just I, I think a, a tr- at least trying college football is a good idea. I think it's it's a good idea to try to get as close back to normal as we can for now. And if, so, if it doesn't work, you, you, know, you tried and it just didn't work. Iowa State football 2020 under Matt Campbell, right? Mm-hmm. How does it look? How's the season? If we were – if this was a normal year and I asked you that question and I said, tell me how good Iowa State's going to be or what the record's going to be like, give me a brief synopsis of what you're seeing. So in a normal season, I think you're probably looking somewhere in the 9-3, and 10-2 and two range. Um, it should be, they should be very good. I mean, Brock Purdy is one of the best quarterbacks in the country. Um, there's a, you know, there, yeah, there's, there's Trevor Lawrence, Justin Fields, and there's kind of another tier right there. There's a second tier there that's got Brock Purdy and uh, the kid from North Carolina and Keaton Slovis from USC. And there's a few other guys that are stuffed in there in that tier two. And Brock Purdy, if you ask a lot of college analysts, Brock Purdy's sitting in that tier two. He's a really, really good quarterback. He's, he owns 21 school records. Um, he's going to own a bunch more at the end of this. Even even in a shortened season, he's going to own a few more. And if he, for whatever reason, if he stays past this year, he's going to own virtually everything. Um, which it's kind of funny. That's that's an interesting situation too because he can technically leave after this year, um, and I think he probably will because I think his mock drafts have been looking very very good. Um, but he could theoretically, if the season got canceled, he could play zero more games and Iowa. He'd be done. We'd never see him play an Iowa uniform again. If he, he technically, because this year doesn't count towards eligibility, he could play this year and his two remaining years of eligibility after that and theoretically play up to, as I think I counted, 43 more games. So somewhere between – we'll see Brock Purdy in the Iowa State uniforms somewhere between zero and 43 more times. Don't know, <laughs> don't know what it's going to be, but it could be either of them. Um, but you've got Brock Purdy. Brees Hall is one of the best young running backs in the country. Um, they, a deep – it's a, there's a very deep wide receiver core. It's not necessarily a star power like an Alan Lazard or a Hakeem Butler. Um, like we've seen in the past, you don't have necessarily that star guy, but it's as far as just um, depth of talent and athleticism, no question. It's probably the best one that Iowa State's ever had. Um, they, I would say also um, eat your heart out Iowa because Iowa State currently is tight end you. They, every, every single website I've ever at, that I've looked at in the preseason has Iowa State listed as the best tight end unit in the country. Um, Charlie Kohler is he's arguably the best tight end in the country and they've got two of them behind them that are almost as good um, they all do the different they all do different things and they'll have two they'll have two of them on the field almost every play and sometimes they'll put all three of them on the field and there's and then the three guys behind them are really good too and they'll be good and I would say set a tight end for the next five to ten years probably um, but you've got that the whole key on the offense is the offensive line which is young you're replacing three starters uh, but two of them sucked anyway so whatever um, you're getting, you're getting two, you're two younger, but vastly more talented players and plugging in a third one. That's physically very imposing. He's, his name is Rob Hudson. He's six, eight, three twenty. He's going to be a guard. Um, <laughs> so that's a, uh, nice road grader in the middle. So we'll see how that comes out, but there's more talent there than it hasn't been there for a long time. Flip over to the defensive side of the ball. The secondary is rock solid. You only lose two starters off of the defense from last season. And one of them probably didn't play up to his potential. Um, the defensive line should be good. It should be good. It's flush with pass rushers, but we'll need more. Note. We'll need help in the interior, especially in run fits, because um, Iowa State runs a three-down uh, defense a lot of times. So you, your nose tackle has to be. They have to have their shit together, basically. And uh, you know, if they can find a good nose tackle, they can do that and maintain run fits. Uh, get a little bit of pressure on the quarterback. The defensive line should be pretty good. The linebackers are solid. 
um, lots of experience at the starting line. And then the backups are young, but very talented. But that, that secondary is, is really, really, really good. Um, Greg Eisworth is probably going to contend for Big 12 Defensive Player of the Year if he can stay healthy. Lawrence White's been rock solid at safety for a long time. Um, Sheem Young will step in at safety, step in as the third safety probably, and he's, he's a hard hitter. Um, he's redshirt freshman, but he had offers from Penn State and Ohio State and a bunch of other these schools coming out of high school. Um, then you've got a couple of really nice rock solid corners and some good young guys there too. Um, Iowa State's been the best defense has been one of the probably two, probably one of the two or three best defenses in the conference for the last three years, basically. Um, they're very good. They do a good job. I mean, uh, there's a lot of, there's a lot of really good stories coming out actually now about how um, lots and lots of schools and NFL teams have been coming to Iowa state over the last couple of years, trying to learn, uh, learn their three, three, five stack or three, you know, three or three, two, six, whatever. You know, there's a, it morphs quite a bit, but it's kind of a modern defense to fit modern offenses because lots of offenses in the NFL and college football are going towards big 12 style offenses. So you need big 12 style defenses to combat those. Um, and I would say it has kind of pioneered that and turned it into a really successful unit uh, over the last few years. And I expect that to continue. Um, so you have a unit that's capable of being top 20, top 15. And last year, the offense was top 20. So if they can, I think they should be better on off. They should be more consistent on offense and they should be able to take another step forward on defense. So um, I, even in this current season, there is no game they can't win. Um, they play Oklahoma at home early in the season. I think they have a, have a pretty solid shot to pick off Oklahoma. Um, the toughest one is at Oklahoma State in a couple weeks after that. Um, that's a tough game. Oklahoma State should be pretty good. That's probably one that I'm sort of expecting to lose. Not expecting to lose, but I think they'll probably. I don't think they'll win that one. That's a tough game. But nine and one is a real is is a it's within the realm of possible possibility. I think. A nine and one season is certainly a realistic goal. It's it's a lofty one, but it's a, it's realistic. It's definitely doable. And and honestly, if they have a good day against Oklahoma State, an undefeated regular season is not out of the question. It's not. Which is an odd, which is a really odd thing to say for Iowa State fans. And Nebraska fans are really not used to hearing that come out of an Iowa State fan. You're just sitting over here like, what the hell is this? Like, <laughs> like I know, I know, I haven't been in the Big Twelve for ten years, but what the hell is happening? Freaking Iowa State fans up here talking about going undefeated and shit, like my freaking Twilight Zone or whatever. But honestly, well, you know, I'm I'm old and crusty, and most of my life we just beat the snot out of Iowa State. Suddenly yeah. I'm we haven't been to a bowl game in two, what, three years now? We, we, and I would say three going straight bowl games. <laughs> so, have you paid attention at all to Nebraska football? A little bit. I mean, I, I mean, like I said, if you're out of, you're not, I don't like, I don't have an emotional connection to Nebraska because I didn't grow up on that side of the state and I don't really pay attention to Big Ten football that much aside from when I get a chance to make fun of Iowa. But I have, I have paid attention a little bit. So, from an outsider's perspective, what do you think? about Nebraska and Scott Frost. <laughs> you know, Here's your chance. Here is your chance to get your shots in, buddy. Yeah. So you're um, fighting way up here. Well, so you're enjoying your undefeated season. <laughs> so I think, I think Scott Frost is a good cultural fit for Nebraska. I think, I think he can be successful there. I think one thing that people forget or that don't, always realize about Nebraska. So when, when Nebraska was really, really good, the rules were a little bit different. 
So there wasn't scholarship limits. TV was a kind of a, a thing like where there wasn't a lot of games on TV, but you know who was on TV? Nebraska. And they were, cause they were the Midwest option. So Nebraska was always on TV they got the exposure. So they got lots of really, really big recruits cause they were always on TV and they were the Midwest team that was on TV, you know, and there was no scholarship limits. So they could just, they could hoard all these, they could hoard, like they could have 120 people on the roster and so you could hoard all these players or whatever, and they might sit there for four years, but as soon as they're ready to go, you have a, basically a five-star recruit that hasn't played a snap and doesn't have any tread on the, doesn't have any wear on the tires. So but we're playing in a little bit different rules now, whereas everybody's on TV all the time. Um, we're a little bit removed from that, that era of Nebraska dominance. So the young kids that are going into college now honestly may not have been alive for the last time Nebraska was considered a really elite program. So that's part of it. That's an uphill battle. Um, see, the nice part is that all the recruits like didn't know it. They, didn't, they never heard of Iowa State before they we started recruiting them. So we're starting off on a blank slate. It's great. <laughs> but but like people like know Nebraska or whatever. But the young kids weren't the kids that are that they're recruiting now weren't alive for when Nebraska was a really really elite program. Um, they were still I mean they were still good into the mid two thousands and late two thousands, but they weren't they weren't nineties Nebraska. You know, you know, they're different, different program. So that's part of it. And I think there's the level of exposure is different. Um, there's the, the scholarship limits, I think is a legit thing now too, where it's, it's harder for teams to hoard lots and lots and lots of really good players, kind of like Nebraska did, which has worked for them. Nope. I'm not going to knock them for doing that. It worked great for them, but we're playing it by a little bit different rules now. So I think this is probably going to hurt to say, but I think Nebraska fans may want to re-gauge where they sit among the college football echelon. I know it's not, I know it hurts to say, I know it hurts to hear, but I just from an outsider's perspective, I think it might be time to re-gauge just a little bit because for being realistic, there's not much around Lincoln. Somehow Lincoln is actually farther away from like stuff than Ames. I mean, you got Omaha there, but what's after Omaha? <laughs> okay, just so you know this, when you say re-gauge, what I am hearing is Nebraska should come back to the Big 12 and kick all <laughs> y'all's asses into the ground. <laughs> or something like that, anyways. Yeah. I don't know. It's The Big 12, honestly, the Big 12 is a good time now. All we do, we just have fun. We, we sling the football around. We score points. We have a good time. You know, call it, call it, you know, say we don't play defense all you want, but you know who has fun playing football? The Big 12 has fun playing football. Like, we don't, okay, well, like, we don't have the, we don't have the 17 14 slugfests and shit like that. Like, like, give me, give me a 42 38 game all every day of the week. You know, oh, of course, some damn Ferenc. points. You don't have Kirk Ferentz punting. Well, that's true. From the, yeah, cut, punting from the opponent's 35 yard line. Yeah. Okay, before you make that last statement, I was going to ask you this question, but perhaps <laughs> it's too late. You may be able to recover. We'll see how good a politician you are. Make your case as to why Nebraska fans should be Iowa State fans this season. Okay. Well, one, we're playing football. You're not. <laughs> <laughs> I'm bleeding. There is blood. I'm just cutting myself every time you're answering the question. So, two, Brock Purdy 
um, if you watch him play, he's probably going to remind you a lot of Adrian Martinez. He's a very similar quarterback here. You would probably find some similarities there. We play a lot of your old rivals. We play Oklahoma. We play you know, we play, you know, we play Oklahoma, we play Kansas State, we play Kansas, you know, we play everybody. We play a lot of the old rivals, so you get to see a lot of those play. You get to see an exciting brand of football because the offense, the offense plays at a very, um, is a very efficient offense. They were top 15 in the country last year in yards per play. Um, they have a really good, solid defense. A little bit different than, different than you're using seeing in the Big, Twi- Big Ten where you have the big hog mollies up front. You're like, I mean, run 4-3 and shit like that. Like, no, we have, we have athletes with speed and stuff like that. Um, you know, but you know, so you get to see a different style of football. You get to see an exciting offense. You get to see all your old rivals and Iowa state's probably going to beat them or whatever. You know, I, I honestly, if Iowa state goes less than seven and three, I think it will be a, considered a pretty massive disappointment. Um, but you're going to see good football. You're going to see against old rivals. You're going to see football. You're going to see, you're going to see lots of points go up. You're going to see put good defense. I mean, it's close. It's close by. You might. We have guys on on the uh, the team that play that are from Western Iowa. Um, so some people, some Nebraska fans may know some of these guys if they if they're if they're Nebraska fans from Western Iowa. You know, they probably they might know some of these guys. Um, they probably you probably have family members that are Iowa State fans. You know, there's there's lots of there's infinite reasons for Nebraska to cheer for Iowa State. Out of all of that, I think the number one, the number one response that I am going to take is this, and it's not your playing, and we're not because that just hurts. <laughs> <laughs> I, mean, I had to, I had to drop it. I was like, well, we're playing football, and you're not. Yeah. So that's a good reason. Yeah. <laughs> I think you should probably just make T-shirts and drive into the Big Ten and campuses and areas. Yeah, and it's like, haha, we're playing football, and you're not. <laughs> Yeah, it's probably what I'm going to entitle this episode and be shot later. But the number one thing I took away from all of that is that if we, if Nebraska fans want to irritate the entire Big 12, we should root for Iowa State because they would hate to lose to you. See, the thing, though, is that Iowa State has a reputation in the Big 12. Like, we're the, like nobody really hates Iowa. I mean, some Kansas State fans, we don't get – for some reason, I don't know, we used to get along really well with Kansas State fans. The last couple of years they've gotten kind of – but you know, you know aside from yeah aside from they used to hate us and now they can yeah. hate you they hate everybody i don't know why they're bitter it, um they are bitter people you know what's funny though is that because as good as they've been for a long time and as bad as i would say has been for a long time iowa state still owns the all-time series over kansas state so like my balls bill snyder i don't even care or <laughs> we beat him in his last ever football game like the last football game he ever coached he loses to iowa state and i'm fine with that but, um, you know, aside from some Kansas State fans, nobody in the Big 12 really hates us. We're kind of everybody's drinking buddy. So, like, it's funny because, like, nobody really likes to play us because, they don't, one, they don't like to lose to us because we're Iowa State. So, we've got that kind of that brand. We're like, oh, these guys, lose. These guys aren't good at football. But, but all of a sudden now we're kind of good at football. So, they don't like losing to us for that reason. But then – you know, then there's also like, yeah, we're kind of friends with these people. We don't like, you know, we'll beat them. We'll, 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 we're happy to beat you because we want to win football games. But like Iowa State is like the – Iowa State is not really the kid that the Big 12 likes to bully up on or anything like that. So is there anything else that you would like to say to Nebraska fans before we go? 
that you haven't already. Is there, are there any knives? Are there any any kind of? I'm trying to think of, if I've got any left in the book. Any kind of Marvel comic superpower you want to crush us into the ground with? <laughs> you haven't pulled out and used yet. I'm trying to think of if I've got any like anything up my sleeve that I can like one just one more dagger I can plunge into the heart. Um, you know, it's funny though because this season I think Iowa State should be able to rack up. Roughly the same amount of wins as they forced turnovers last time Iowa State played in Lincoln. So, which should be eight, I believe, if I remember correctly. Oh my God! <laughs> why did why why did I ask you here? Because <laughs> I don't I don't even know, man. <laughs> this is uh, this is on you. This is on you that you got this podcast. You know, the week after that game, the week after that game, I had to take a physical. And I drank a lot after that. <laughs> I went in to take the physical, and before I took the physical, they give you this mental health questionnaire. Yeah. I scratched all the way through it, and it came to this one of these questions where, have you ever thought of taking your own life? And I scratched <laughs> it out and wrote in, have you ever thought of faking your own death? And my doctor <laughs> walked in, and I hand her this mental health questionnaire, and she looks at it, and she looks at me, and I said, we lost a F and Iowa State with eight turnovers, nine to seven. And I think like five of those turnovers were at the 10 yard line or something. It was Yeah, they were all like, there's a bunch of them where they just like, they dropped them like on the goal line and Iowa State recovered in the end zone. It's like, okay. Yeah. And uh, she said, well, do you think you have a drinking problem? I looked at her and I'm like, what? Do you not understand anything about men and sports? I mean, you, you're wise enough. Yeah. You know, anyway, the funny that, thing is, Iowa State had their backup quarterback that game. The starter wasn't even playing. <laughs> yeah. Backup I was, ass I was, I was at the 92 Iowa State-Nebraska. You know what? At that game, I helped uh, Iowa State fans tear down your goalposts when they upset us. That's what I would do. I'll send you a link to that story. Uh, I'll, have to, I'll have to read that. Okay. I think I've had enough, and I probably <laughs> should go to the doctor now. Uh, not only get my head examined, but all these flesh wounds probably uh, – Yeah you know, fixed so that I'm not going to bleed to death in my sleep tonight. This has been John's post-life crisis in a very special episode with somebody who's playing football when we're not this fall, those bastards from Iowa State. Thank you, Levi, you SOB for joining me. <laughs> Thank you for having me on. You see, oh, big you, did, you, like, you, you were like, you want to do a podcast? And I was like, do you want to do a podcast? <laughs> <laughs> I didn't realize I was in for this, man. <laughs> okay, that's it. it. You should have, what you should have done, you should have asked around the other, my other Big 12 counterparts. You'd be like, should I bring Levi on this podcast? And they'd be like, I don't know. Maybe not. <laughs> oh, my God. Okay, we're out. <laughs>